Okay, and now to our last episode, we're going to be talking about the two sides of the Jason Sweeney case. Um, so to start on my side, um, life without parole um, is really what I think should be given to, um, to these boys. Um, my first point, um, this was the judge who did the sentencing. Um, he said, this, is one, this one is beyond, this is barbaric, this is something out of the dark ages, friends, friends, over 500 bucks. Um, so now to give a little bit of background on this, um, I believe that these boys, um, that did the murder, um, had a little bit more than just, um, an upbringing in DNA, um, and what their environment was like, um, going on with them. Um, I think that it was something bigger than that. Um, and as I stated in previous episodes that those things can change, um, that your DNA, um, can react with the environment and it can change your behavior. Um, but there's also studies, um, like a 2016 case study, um, about, um, psychopaths, um, and psych psychopathy. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, and how that is actually a genetic trait. Um, and in one of these cases, they looked at Ted Bundy, um, who's a really famous serial killer, um, who was considered a psychopath. Um, and the thing is with, um, with these new studies is that they found that, um, psychopaths do not um, become psychopaths later in life due to the environment, but instead um, are born of it. Um, and he said stuff along the lines, I didn't know what made people want to be friends. I didn't know what made people attractive to one another. I didn't know what underlay social interactions were. Um, these were all were from when he was a kid. Um, and I think that in cases like this and where cases um, where people are considered sociopaths or psychopaths, um, that those people should not be able to um, assimilate back into um, society and into culture um, out of fear for other people. Um, and just the way that they are, um, it's unfortunate. Um, but really, if they can't, um, if they have a history of doing bad things and it's not because of um, the environment that they came around, but instead because of um, just who they are as people, then that's something that I believe in. So, um, yeah, and it's not that I don't. It's not that I completely disagree with Jack's point. I mean, I do agree. I mean, that was a very barbaric act. But to counter some of Jack's points, um, on the other side of things, I mean, yes, I think there definitely should be some. Uh, like severe punishment, but it's definitely important to highlight, you know, some disadvantages and why that might not always be the best option. We shouldn't just look to that first. On um, the start off, um, one part about that that I think is kind of cruel and that has been looked at, looked as cruel in the past is not giving the chance for parole. Um, I think it's unfair to, you know, give that case, give this case um, that that uh, punishment. Because in the past, such as in other cases, um, like Montgomery versus Louisiana and Miller versus Alabama, two cases in which there's been barbaric acts of murder, um, they both have received like no parole. And the general um, opinion of the public when those sentences were you know, issued, uh, it was like, oh, this is cruel and so on like that. And why have we now done the same thing with these boys? Um, so I think that that gives, you know, the general audience some evidence in which or like and why they could, you know, generally support the idea of giving at least these boys a chance at parole. Um, 
Another one is the cost of inc incarceration. Um, in incarceration costs uh, like an average of 31000 or more per inmate. Uh, that is taken from Vera Institute of Justice. Um, and then with this, two-thirds of prisoners reoffend uh, re within three years of leaving prison, often with more serious and violent crimes. So, I mean, there, it's important to think about an alternative to this. So maybe not prison, but how about rehabilitation? Um, people who are in recovery are less likely to commit crimes or be arrested again. Um, because of long-term health of each individual, uh, those will be improved. The cost of health care um, for uninsured patients will be drastically reduced. Um, and then only 10% of criminal offenders receive re rehabilitation instead of jail time. And the cr criminal justice system would save $4.8 billion compared to current costs. Um, so I, I definitely think it's um, important to talk about this side to it um, and like the numbers behind it and also uh, like previous cases. And then, you know, as we talked about in the previous episodes and, you know, looking at the adolescent brain, Nick and Dominic both came from unstable families. Their parents were divorced. Um, I mean, that can affect brain growth and development and, you know, where their brains might be rooted. Um, they're exposed to heavy use of alcohol and drugs at very early ages. And then, do I mean, such as, you know, weed, heroin, on the alcohol. And then Dominic was risk factor for Nick um, being a brother. So we have to definitely take into account how their ham their family and, you know, early stages and, and how substances affected uh, their early years in life and how that might have influenced their um, decisions. As we talked about, you know, certain influence in, influences in life can sometimes show scientists, you know, what crimes they might commit. So I think it's definitely important to realize both sides. I think Jack definitely had a compelling argument, but yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah, I definitely agree with you um, in many aspects. And I think that with the new resentencing um, and with science advancements, um, that restorative justice will play a huge part um, right. in these kids' future. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Jack, for your time. Awesome.